there were four. Welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It was a massive divisional round. Most of the favourites got through, unfortunately, for uh, my co-host here, Ryan Lapore. Your boys, the sole favourite to uh, to not make it through, unfortunately. But, uh, mate, how are you feeling after after that disappointment? Yeah, I was just saying to you before we came on, on to record, mate, that, it, yeah, it's still pretty disappointing, but... The dust is settling as it always does. You know, you get a you have a day or two to kind of reflect and then move on. But it's kind of been everywhere, all over my social feed, and, and of course in the in the NFL media as well, which um, I kind of digest a fair bit of. So it's uh, yeah, it has it's been hard to escape, but it is very disappointing again to see our season end to the Chiefs and and in particular Patrick Mahomes. And of course, it's thrown in your face when you realise. The reason why the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes is because of the Bills <laughs> trade, and you quickly forget about that um, until you look back. So, um, highly, highly disappointing. But you know, um, he did play his heart out, did all he could. I mean, I know there was a couple of instances which we might go over um, in that last drive that could have been done better or um, could have been done differently, I suppose. But all in all, it was another solid season. I mean, four division championships in a row. Um, disappointing again not to you know extend the season a bit further but uh, I think whoever's running into Baltimore which obviously is now Kansas City that it's going to be a tough tough hurdle to overcome so I think the Ravens will beat the Chiefs this week and 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 get it to the Super Bowl and kind of end the Chiefs run there but uh, yeah still disappointing not to kind of advance and, and see where the see where it happens but um, yeah like you said it was it was a favorites weekend I mean didn't look that way in the Especially in the second game, I mean the the Packers really took it up to the Niners, and um, that was probably the best game of the well outside obviously the Bills and Chiefs was definitely the best game of the weekend. And um, and saying that the Lions Tampa Bay game was actually really exciting to watch as well. That was you know score for score early on before the the Lions kind of got that two possession lead and and then just hung on. But yeah, it was a really exciting divisional round, and uh, yeah, I suppose the fallout. You know, the off-season starts for those teams and, and we continue on to, to conference championship weekend. That's it. I mean, it was only, what, two or three weeks ago you and I had lunch and, and caught up and, and we're talking about the possibility of, you know, having both the Eagles and, and the Bills in, in the championship round and, and potential Super Bowl matchups. It's not to be, unfortunately, but um, we have a, we've got a nice little bourbon whiskey to, to get stuck into at some point in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, but no, you're right. It was it, it, it was a really fun, interesting weekend of football. Um, and we may as well start, I guess, at the top with the Baltimore Ravens. And I I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. They're a really, really good football team. And, and I think we've known that for probably two months now, that, that we knew that they'd kind of figured whatever it was out. That, you know, they had some issues through the first half yep. of the season, uh, just inconsistencies and, and whatever. But... This second half of the season, they've been unbelievable. And I saw a stat just before we uh, we started recording. And uh, anyone who's listened to this show o- over the last couple of years knows that I'm a big believer in, in DVOA. Um, DVOA. Yeah, your favorite, your favorite stat. <laughs> um, the Baltimore Ravens in 2023-24 are the hottest team in history, according to DVOA, coming into the championship round which is wow. astonishing. Um, the last, the, the three uh, teams below them in this kind of rankings ladder were the 1985 Chicago Bears, the 96 Green Bay Packers, and the 91 Washington Redskins. 
and guess what they all did? They went, the, they all went to the They all went to the Super Bowl. Actually, they all, they all won, won the it. Super Bowl. They, they all won, won the Super Bowl. The, Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> the fourth team below was the 2020 Buffalo Bills, who lost in the championship <laughs> game, unfortunately. Jesus. And then before that was the 89 Niners, who won the Super Bowl, unfortunately. So, yeah, look, they're in good company, these Baltimore Ravens. And it's not just by a little bit either. They're about 6% ahead of the 85 Chicago Bears, which is just phenomenal. Um, so... If you want to bet against Baltimore, you are going to be a very brave punter this weekend. But before we get stuck into the championship round, they that second half from from the Ravens was just irresistible. Yeah, it really was, and and they they just you know showed their class uh, in that second half. I mean, it all started with the first drive of that second half. Um, uh, only took five or six plays, and and they were in the end zone, and it was all Lamar Jackson. I mean, he. He passed, he passed, he ran, he ran, and then he and he got into the end zone himself, and he he did it all. And his his second half was, you know, probably arguably the best half of football any individuals played all season. And you know, he's obviously going to be the MVP again for the second time. We know his passing yards were were probably a little bit down, but it wasn't a it wasn't kind of that um, that game, was it? I mean, especially early, it was such a tight struggle, and but they did it all on the ground, and it was it was mainly Lamar Jackson that had kind of a him himself, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, and even Delvin Cook, who obviously is the late late season signing, all kind of share the load and um, really impressive impressive um, win to to shut out the Texans in the second half, where we know have been explosive on offense with with CJ Stroud, and he didn't play a bad game again. CJ Stroud, he, he didn't turn the ball over or anything like he was he was pretty solid. They just couldn't get get anything going against that that really really solid. Baltimore defense, and I know they've been compared to their their own franchise from back in 2000 when they were so dominant. But you know, we, we know it's a, it's a bit of a different defense, but it's 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 certainly just as good and it's just as effective at the moment. And like you said, you'd be a brave person to tip against the Ravens at the moment, especially when the script's already been written, as as we're going to keep hearing <laughs> as we get close to the Super Bowl. Sadly, but um, yeah, look, I think they're going to be hard. Very hard to beat, but if anyone can beat him, we know it's 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 going to be the number fifteen for the Chiefs who can who can pull something out. Who's just got unbelievable his mm. his record or legacy kind of um, is second to none at the moment. This kind of t- at this time of his career, so um, yeah, looking mm. really looking forward. And I really like the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, but I think it's Baltimore's turn. I think um, they get the job done this week. But uh, yeah, what a game it promises to be. It, it really does, and and I think. You know, I think we've we've known that the Baltimore's de- uh, you know the Ravens' defense was has been incredible all year, um, and th- there's always been some question marks around the offense. Obviously, in the second half of the year, as Lamar stepped up to to kind of take that that mantle and and really kind of run with the the MVP favorite, um, especially over the last kind of month or, or six weeks. Um, this was this was an all round performance from the Ravens defensively. They were really good. Um, like you said, CJ Stroud and, and the Texans uh offense in the first half wasn't they weren't bad, but they were completely shut out in the second half. And in that that Ravens offense just went to work. They just went to work in the second half and and that was just as complete a performance as you'll see from probably any team in, in, in the playoffs, I think, uh at this stage. Um you know, like you said, if there is one team that can that can pull it back, it probably is this Chiefs team now that We've seen how good they can be on on defense this season, and you know they're kind of getting a little bit more into their groove offensively. Um, but yeah, look, the, this Ravens team—they're—they're they're really 
really, really strong. Um, you want to touch on on the Texans and, and their season. Um, I think we both expected a bit of progression from them this season, but I'm not sure either of us saw this coming from the Texans. Um, divisional round performance, uh, appearance, uh, and just... You know, they, they didn't take the next step. They took multiple steps. Um, they took a, a huge leap forward. And I think you mentioned last week, kind of built in, in the mold of their head coach in, in D'Amico Ryans. And they're really stout behind the ball. Um, they're really exciting with the ball. And there's there's some fun times coming for, for Houston fans, I think, over the next three or four years. For sure, for sure. And look, I think... Um... The the one ex, you know the place you can exploit them obviously at the moment or their their weakest spot is still that defense that can mm. stiffen up a bit, and we know that's still a work in progress. They obviously fix the offense by getting their franchise quarterback, which is obviously the most important on the field. But they're going to go to the draft this year knowing that they can build a, a defense around him and a no line around CJ Stroud. They've got some really um, exciting um, skill players. Obviously, Nico Collins now has become a, a bona fide wide receiver one and. And you know, the, you know, upon the top echelon of wide receivers in the league, all of a sudden, like he he just became such a breakout star for for um, for Stroud late in that season. We know Tank Dell's explosiveness and his excitement. He's an excitement machine. Obviously, he got injured and, and kind of went on IR. But you know, you get him back in the mold. You've got a solid tight end. You've got um, a veteran running back. You've got you need that young running back now. Where Damian Pierce has completely fallen off the cliff this season. He. He started out as the, their number one running back and has completely fallen off the depth chart where the fact he's just returning punts. Devin Singletary kind of got that role, like kind of won the role out because of the absence of Damian Pierce, really. Like he was there, but he wasn't doing much and Singletary kind of won it and then ran with it for the rest of the season. But it was disappointing from Pierce. If, if there was any kind of disappointment out of Houston, that was probably it. Yeah, exactly right. And look, I think that's that's one thing. You know, they, they obviously drafted him, I think, pretty high up or potentially in the first round the year before last so you know that's it seems like a bust but you know hopefully he can kind of have a big off season and, and maybe stay on the roster and give them something but he essentially fell out of favor with with that team um late in the season and and barely featured but we know again like they like you said they've taken a leap uh, not just a few steps a, a huge leap forward and um they're going to be a really exciting team and and one that could you know potentially be you know a playoff perennial with with an afc south that's up for grabs so um, we'll see him back bigger and stronger next year. I certainly don't want to talk about, um, you know, progression because I, I had them under six and a half going into this season. I certainly didn't expect um, the progression like they did. So, look, I got that way off, but um, we quickly realised um, halfway through the season or even a little bit sooner that they're going to be a really good team and, and they're going to be hard to beat because there's a guy as good as CJ Stroud on the other end of the field. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not saying that, that either of us thought they were going to be a playoff <laughs> team or, or even close. I think I had them under six and a half as well. But, um, I mean, they couldn't, get, they couldn't get much worse than where they were coming from over the last three or no. four years. So, in, in that regard, you know, I think we both kind of expected some progression there, but, but certainly not to the level uh, that they were able to show us. Um, the next game, Packers-San Francisco. I think we both kind of thought that the Packers might be able to take this up to, to the Niners. And, and they did. They did for a period. But ultimately, it was, I mean, they're a class team, the Niners. They've got they've got talent on every single line. And it was the class of the Niners that, that got them over the line. Yeah, look, I think you called it perfectly. I think you were pretty bullish on, on the Packers to cover there. Um, 
I certainly, again, I think we spoke about it. It's, it's always a hard kind of line to cover, especially when you're um, the favourites and you, you want to win. And if, if you're in a close game, mm. there's no way you're looking to blow out the score. And obviously the Niners did enough just to get in, to sneak through. And um, it was the first time in Kyle Shanahan's career, I think, or as a Niners coach, that he'd come from more than five points down in the, at three-quarter time or, you know, in the last quarter. And um, obviously they were down by seven. They outscored the Packers 10 to zip in that last quarter. And and got the job done. So, yeah, it's not something the Niners were used to to come from behind late in those games. So um, they showed a lot of poise, a lot of class, and as you mentioned, um, kind of got carried again by a, a little bit by Christian McCaffrey. Brock Purdy was solid. He wasn't outstanding, but he was very, very solid. Um, 250 yards and a touchdown and, and obviously no interceptions where where Jordan Love was picked off twice. I know he was still outstanding um, throughout the game. He, he kind of forced that throw late in the game to try and, to try and get him into field goal range. It was probably... A really poor throw and decision in the end um, by Jordan Love, but you can't knock him too much. He had a really outstanding, essentially what was a rookie campaign for him, and um, he's he's quite exciting to go forward. Packers have obviously got got their guy. I think um, there's no doubt that he'll he he'll be their number one quarterback next year, and he has proven any doubters or um, wrong. But you know he's obviously had some time to mature behind Aaron Rodgers, which isn't a bad person to learn from. Um, they're obviously a super, super young team, the youngest in the league. They're, all their skill positions are uh, skill position players are essentially rookies, um, tight ends, wide receivers, and then you've got a couple of second year guys. You've got obviously Aaron Jones, who exploded in the last couple of se- uh, couple of games. Mm. His playoff um, were just amazing. Who's you know he's still a pretty young guy himself. What is he like mid twenties, late twenties now? Oh, what is he up to? Yeah, yeah he's, he's a bit older than I thought, twenty nine. But um, you know he's still got a couple of years left in him. It doesn't look like he obviously he's a bit. Injury prone, and that's probably a concern, especially at the running back position in this day and age. But um, they've got a really good defense, solid defense. Again, a um, bit of a cryptic post by Jair Alexander actually today that he could be leaving the Packers. He kind of gave a bit of a cryptic mm-hmm. post, but he did sign a contract extension only last year. So we'll see what happens there. He obviously yeah. got suspended late in the season too. So maybe watch this space for the Packers fans. But yeah, fantastic season again. Probably a season that... Um, defied expectations. Certainly, I didn't have the Packers in the yeah. playoffs, um, and and certainly didn't have them winning winning a game, and even potentially, getting to, you know, they were three points away from a championship game. They were they yeah. gave a really solid account of themselves against arguably, which could have been one of the best teams of football. But I think a huge turning point in that game was early when Debo Samuel got injured. I mean, he they always look like a different team to me, especially when when Debo's off the field. Um, we know they lost those three games when Debo didn't play. Uh, earlier this yeah. year, obviously, he just gives them so many different looks, doesn't he? You just can't, you can't exactly. And look, him, really. we we knew he was going to get used in so many different ways because he got thrown the ball. The first two um, passing plays of the game got thrown straight to Debo, and he made things happen. It's it's yards after catch, and that's what he made happen straight away in that game. But um, obviously, he hurt his shoulder. They said he's not going to require surgery. Should be available for the championship game, but it'll be a massive out if he doesn't play. A massive, massive out because he 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 provides so much. As you mentioned, yeah, he does. And, and before we get to the Niners, just on the on the Packers, I think you're right. You know, there's it's been a really interesting season for the Packers because they looked cooked after about six weeks of the season. Jordan Love was in all sorts of trouble. He couldn't. I mean, he was one of the most inefficient um, QBs in essentially in NFL history. Um, he was throwing the ball away, um, giving the ball away. He couldn't score. Their offense was in shambles. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was like something something 
switched at like week eight or week 10 or something. Um, they started to put, put it together and you start to see him use a, a bit more of his athleticism and you know, using that arm. Uh, yeah, the numbers didn't blow anyone away, I don't think, but yeah, he was able to utilize those those really athletic receivers that you mentioned, um, Dobbs and Watson and, and those guys, um, the, the rookie tight end who, his name escapes me, but had a, had a really solid second half of the year. Um, and then that question mark about the, the running back, you mentioned Aaron Jones kind of explosion in the last month or so. It's been a really interesting watch, I think, over the last four years, that running back spot in Green Bay, because it's kind of felt like for a long time, they've been trending to AJ Dillon on the ground and they've wanted to use him more and then it didn't work this year. And then finally, late in the year, they went back to the guy who's been their you know, ground and pound dude for the last you know four or five years um, and he did what he does. And he's been that guy for so long in, in Green Bay um, that it, it felt... I don't know, disrespectful maybe feels a bit too too harsh, but the fact that they've looked like they've wanted to move away from Aaron Jones over the last few years um, has felt a little bit disrespectful. And then then the guy just explodes, like you said, in the last few weeks. And he's had he's had a really, really good kind of couple of weeks of, of playoff football and, and his last month was really good as well. Yeah, five five weeks in a row, I think I saw on the telecast he was the first Green Bay Packer running back to ever have five games over 100 yards rushing in a row. So mm. he finished the season off with an absolute flurry. Again, like I said, three consecutive games over 100 yards and then a monster playoff series, including those three touchdowns against the boys last week, um, which was pretty pretty <laughs> exhilarating. But look, he, he before that, he could barely get on the park. He, you know, he, he'd, he'd cracked 50 yards once or, or yeah. you know, for the whole season. Um, so it was an amazing turnaround. And look, obviously, probably... You know, at this stage, is front of mind for the Packers again to to continue on there, but they might look to change it up because again, AJ Dillon wasn't the guy that they probably thought mm. he'd turn into this year. Again, he, he was injured a lot. Um, they used Wilson, um, young Wilson, a couple of times. Didn't particularly have a huge impact. So we'll see what happens with the Packers, but they're they're pretty well set. I think they're um, they're in a good spot to challenge again for the NFC North, and um, it looks to be a strong division all of a sudden. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's it's funny kind of looking back. These Packers, the Packers of the last, let's say, eight to ten weeks, are kind of the Packers that we expected last season. We talked about the improvements that they made on defense. Obviously, they needed to to you know hit the straps on offense. They still had Rodgers last year, um, but what I think what they showed is that the the moves that they've made over the last two to three years in terms of building out that roster, you know, from a front office perspective, have been really smart, clever moves. Um, and they're, I think their squad, their roster's in a really good spot to kind of compete for the next few years now. Like you said, youngest youngest squad in, in the league, essentially, especially on offense. Um, and I think that they've made some good moves on, on defense over the last two years because it really was a problem area for them you know, two seasons ago. Um, they had holes everywhere, and they've really patched that up and fixed that up to the point where, like you said, they, they competed against possibly... You know, if not the best team in football, the second second best team in football this season, um, and really, you know, probably should have won that game. If not for a little bit of inexperience at QB, they possibly do win that game. Um, not to not to put it all on Jordan Love because I think he's been he's been really good, but you know, if they have if they have a Brock Purdy for example at QB, who's not a great quarterback by any stretch, but Who's solid and just does the things that he let's, needs to let's, do? Let's let's stop the hate for Brock Purdy, okay? Let's let's stop the hate. There's, for Brock there's Purdy. no hate. I don't. 
He's irrelevant. Brock Purdy's irrelevant in that team. He's irrelevant Look, in this I, no I get that There's he's no Mr. Mate. Irrelevant, but he's definitely not irrelevant on that team. I, I think he... Um, you put Sam Darnold in that to, to, to take that offense, and that's it's a very different result. Oh, I don't See, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if you do for a week, then clearly it looks different. But you put put almost any oh, you no, put no. any NFL level QB in that in that spot and let them have a whole season of coaching and practice and all that sort of stuff with the guys around him. Yeah, but it, that wasn't the case for Brock Purdy. He got thrust into the action last year and just it was sink or swim, and he, he swam have, all right. Don't option, you worry though. about there that. Was, there was no one else to go to if it didn't work. So yeah, and luckily it did. And luckily it did, and 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 it's it's been proven a masterstroke by that that um, organization to draft him in in the first place, and then obviously, you know, he had a pretty good college career. Like it, it certainly wasn't the worst, and um, he he's thriving, and he's back in another uh, NFC Championship game, mate. So you know, this time sure. if he doesn't get you know you know roughed roughed um, if he doesn't get cruelly taken out of the game, <laughs> might be oh, <laughs> might be a different story. Please. Oh, I'm just. Put put Brock Purdy on the Patriots and he's Mac Jones. Nah, no, no, nah, I don't. Like, yeah. like we had this discussion yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and look, I I think, yeah, if you put Mac Jones in the Niners team, there's definitely um, potentially, oh, there. Anyway, how I see it is, if, if you put Mac Jones in the Niners, there's obviously going to be improvement. But if you put Purdy in in the Patriots, I think there's still going to be a different result. I think. I think. Um, I don't know. I think I really believe in Brock Purdy. I think he's a really good quarterback and. Hopefully I'm proven right this week. Well, actually, no, I don't, because I want the Lions to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we spoke about Lamar Jackson as as probably the presumptive MVP, which he probably does deserve. It, but Christian McCaffrey, yeah, well that, if I had to choose, if I had to choose my MVP, it's Christian McCaffrey. Good point. And if it wasn't such a quarterback um, focused award, and I think the narrative does get swept up in in the playoffs as well and now that Lamar's had that massive game and um you know potentially potentially I know it's not really completely off the back but he's got the monkey off the back a little bit with the playoff win the narrative kind of swings back to him and you know the way he was getting pumped up as the MVP all week it's impossible it's impossible to see any other result happening but I do agree with you I do agree with you Christian McCaffrey's been outstanding and it's probably the best season I've seen from a running back in, in my time watching the NFL, and I know that includes Adrian Peterson as an MVP and things like that. So he's been phenomenal. And we know we've seen Derek Henry get, I don't know if he even got close or he did get 2,000 yards the other, a couple of years ago. Like, But McCaffrey's been just at another level in terms of the, he's getting into the end zone. He does it, you know, catching the football as well. But he, he's an absolute beast and, um, again, proved his his worth and what a steal of a trade that was by the Niners to, to get him. Yeah. I was going to say, do you remember, remember some of the discourse around that trade? They gave up a lot for him. Like it was three firsts, um, potentially mm. a later round pick as well. Like it was a lot, especially for a non QB, right? You, you sometimes see those type of trades for, for a quarterback who's, you know, a veteran who's, who's been there and done it for, for four or five years. You so rarely see it for a position player especially at running back. But like you said, that's a steal. That's a Can steal I just remind you, they didn't get one uh, first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. Not one. What? Wasn't it Wasn't a couple of firsts? Not one first. Second, they got a what second they... round, a third round, a fourth round, and a fifth round. Right. Sorry. My bad. My bad. 
four picks. That is an absolute yeah. seal. That is an absolute seal. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think I read somewhere else as well. Considering what the Panthers week, that he's the first gave to the Bears, you know, when you look at it like that, yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a disaster for them. And look, he, he was completely injury prone. He wasn't. You know, working it wasn't working at the Panthers. It was, it's, it was the right move, probably for both franchises, but yeah. they just didn't sure. get enough back. And it, it's in, it's easy in hindsight, but I don't think you look at it um, at the time. I don't, you know, you needed to get a first round at least one for 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 a guy of his caliber. So um, it's been an unbelievable trade for the Niners. Absolutely, I did I did see a stat somewhere. Let me see if I can find this really really quickly. Um, Give me one second, because I'd forgotten about it, and now. How can I pad here for you, mate? <laughs> I, I wasn't. I'm not sure where you're going with what you're saying, so I can't really uh, give you an intro here. But look, I think um, to your point, he, he should be in the MVP conversation, which he, he was all season, but he never kind of got the um, the acknowledgement of being a serious winner, I suppose, of the award, which um, is disappointing. But um, I completely agree. He's potential MVP in my eyes. So, so here's a stat. Christian McCaffrey led the league in rushing yards from week one. From week one, mm-hmm. every week. The first the first person to do that since Emmett Smith in 95. It's a pretty good company. It's astonishing, really. With the, way that the, the way that the running back position works now in, in the modern NFL, that is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a really valid point um, with how much you know turnover we see in the, in the running back rooms these days and um, the injuries to to this position, but the fact he stayed on the field and played, I think, what every game except, I mean, I know he didn't play week eighteen. He might have missed one out, one other game, but phenomenal season. Like you said, he did it from start to finish, and and obviously, I think led the season, uh, led the league in touchdowns as well, which he would have definitely surpassed Mostert now with a couple in in the playoffs. So look, um, yeah, it, it, he's, you know, if you gave it to him, I don't think there'd be too many people begrudging him of. Um, of winning that award, does he win Offensive Player of the Year? Then, as as a he, he has to, he has or again, to, does sure. that get given to a quarterback? Oh, not necessarily. They usually give it to if a quarterback wins MVP, they they give it to a skill player normally, which I always found mm. weird. Like if a QB wins MVP, surely they're the <laughs> best offensive player. You think year so? Too. You think so? It's it's a bizarre. It's a bizarre the the way that these NFL awards happen is just strange. Quarterback hasn't won it since. I don't know, 2018 since Patrick Mahomes. You've got Michael Thomas, Derek Henry, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. I think you add C-Mac's name to that yeah, list. I think that's I think that's pretty safe. One team that I think we both wanted to talk about is the Detroit Lions. I'm so glad they beat the Bucks because they deserve to be in this game and they deserve to be in a championship game before the Cowboys. Well, that's it's very funny because obviously since that non-call or you know the 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 non two-point conversion um which would have given the cowboys that win uh, sorry the lions that win over the cowboys and given them the number two seed uh it's all kind of unraveled for for the for the boys mm. but uh look amazing <laughs> no nah, phenomenal for the for the lions and and what a buzz ford field was again just reading the the reactions on social media it was just phenomenal and an absolute deafening experience and and an experience that no Lions fans have ever really had, ever. I mean, um, mm. I don't think they were even in that stadium last time they won a playoff game. So uh, a phenomenal effort. Um, 
again, they they just like you know it was, it was pretty tight for the first half. It was actually a really entertaining game. Um, as I mentioned, score for score, um, the Bucks kind of gave gave them everything, but some big plays um, again by the Lions' defense, who have been phenomenal and and what's really the, been the catalyst um, to in, to turn that team around is is the defense because that was the one that you know the defense would used to just get gashed and they've already been able to score points it's just they just leaked way too many and look jared goff's been such a stable and um perfect kind of fit for that organization and um yeah to kind of rebuild his career essentially which looked over in the rams he, he obviously got them to a super bowl then kind of had a few or one or two bad seasons got Got traded, um, you know, the, the Lions did really well out of that Matthew Stafford trade. Again, it was probably a perfect trade for both parties. Um, the Rams won a Super Bowl. The Lions might won, win one this year. Who knows? But, like, um, they had a phenomenal rookie draft this year. They got um, Jamar Gibbs in the first round. They got Sam Laporta in the second round. They got Jack Campbell in the first round. And they got um, Blanche in the second round as well. Like, they, they just hit on all four of those picks and... Um, he was the man yeah. who obviously got that game ceiling interception as well. So look, it was a, a phenomenal effort by the Lions. They did get again squeaky bum time at the end, but um, <laughs> they they got it done and and yeah, really excited to see them in the championship game. Which you know, for for fans like us who are you know in our thirties, never seen the Lions in a, in a, you know this far into a postseason. No, you know and, I mean, and and you could see that you could see that emotion in in the stadium as well, like. A lot of those fans that have been there for, for 30, 40, 50 years that are seeing these, you know, these scenes for the, really the first time in their life and, and having these experiences and, you know, that the Lions ownership and, and you know, all of those um, success starved fans and they are maniacal fans in, in Detroit. We know what that city is like and, and those fan bases are like and, and it's just really cool to see. And, and I think everyone kind of agrees that they've done it the right way. They've built, you know, yes, they brought Jared Goff in, but but they lost their franchise guy in that trade. Jared Goff coming in was kind of the, the steak knives, I guess, of, of that deal. Um, and and what he's done there over the last couple of years has been amazing and, and all credit to him. But the way that they've built that franchise around that, both on, on offense and defense, like you said, has just been really fun to watch. And, and I think they play football the right way. They're hard. They're tough. They're strong. They're athletic. They're quick. They're powerful. They're talented, most of all. And they look like they have so much fun playing. Like, you see you see that, that red zone offense and um, the way that that Jared Goff can just hit almost any of those guys. And and you see Sam Laporta jumping around on, on a bad leg and all these sorts of things. And it's just... They're super fun to watch, and um, I, I have a feeling that their their run might end this week. But um, this is this is where they deserve to be, I think, after the last the last couple of years and that progression, that trend and trajectory that this franchise has been on for a couple of years now. Um, this is this is where they belong. Spot on. You've you've, you've hit the nail on the head and, and really well said, mate. But uh, look, I think it's. Again, if if it is the end of the line this this season, uh, the championship game, it's it's a phenomenal season and a, and a huge positive for for the city, for the franchise, for everyone associated with that um, 
with the Detroit with the Detroit Lions getting into the Detroit line. Um, but look, I think look they could surprise and and especially like I said, if if Debo doesn't play and the Niners have a you know if Brock Purdy apparently is such a shit quarterback, who knows what happens? So I don't believe that. I think he probably you know. But Jared Goff has shown that he he's back up the you know the top echelon in the league. He's been. Um, you know, he when he kind of went on his decline, it's because he was throwing interception after interception. But he's really taken that out of his game. I know he can still throw the odd pick, but he he obviously had that streak in the at the start of the season where he he was so so clean without throwing um, so many touchdowns without throwing an interception. But like you said, he's got so many weapons to throw to um, in the red zone mm. in particular. I know he hasn't got a long list of wide receivers, but he's getting. Guys like Josh Reynolds, who we obviously brought over with him with from Los Angeles, have that great connection. And then, yep. um, yeah, look, you've got a guy like Amon Ra, Amon Ra St. Brown, who's just an absolute stud and, and one of the top five yep. court, uh, wide receivers in the league, if not top three. He's um, he's phenomenal. So, uh, look, good luck to the Detroit Lions. Fantastic that they won. And, and, and to be honest, on the other side, it was a great story for the Bucks to kind of, you know, especially with you yeah. know Baker kind of um, changing the narrative on him and and kind of giving himself a a long, you know, potentially now a long long career in in, in Tampa. So um, yeah, thrilled for him. He seems like actually a really lovely guy, and he he was really humble and you know spoke really well about the Lions franchise after the after the loss. So. Um, yeah, interesting to see what happens at Tampa as well now with um, the NFC South yeah. being so wide open. I was going to ask you where where do you think the Bucks go from here? Because I think there's they're, they're certainly not the outstanding team in that division, but their last six weeks has been nothing short of very very good, if not excellent. Um, I think you're, Baker Mayfield has done everything asked of him in the last you know at least in the second half of this year. Um, yeah, I heard somewhere on a, on another podcast, I can't remember which one it was, but you look at, at guys like Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, etc. former number one mm. picks, obviously came in, you know, really massive expectations and just couldn't get it to work, you know, in the places they were drafted, but then, you know, get it together and, and they come into their, their next phase, their next era, their second chance or whatever you want to call it with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, they come in as number one picks and, and... What do they have to prove that they're good? Everyone knows that they're good players already, but you know, is there that will and that want and that intensity to keep getting better, etc. Um, when you come in at that level, and now with that second chance, both of them looks like they've, they've kind of come in with that chip on their shoulder, like we've got to get better, we've got to prove ourselves again, um, and they've both done really good jobs. And, and Baker's a really interesting story, and he's been fun to watch the second half of this season. Um, but I do wonder where this. I guess what the expectations are for the Buccaneers next season, and I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about Todd Bowles as as head coach. I, I really like Todd Bowles as, as a human being. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think he's probably a, a decent head coach, but I don't know what the what the vision is in Tampa Bay at the moment for for the next couple of seasons. It's a really really interesting point you make because I, I feel the same way about Todd Bowles, and I think you know potentially with a more I don't know, potentially off, more offensive-minded or, you know, a different kind of coaching style or, you know, someone else in there that's a bit more, you know, the guy. I feel like Todd Bowles is like that. He's he's essentially the the, the perfect de- defensive coordinator. You know, he's the perfect guy to have mm. at that coordinator level. But is he your face of your franchise? Is he the head coach that inspires your team 
he definitely doesn't come across like that to me. I think, obviously, Bruce Arians, different character, obviously. Um, For sure. And he, he, he Todd Bowles was his right-hand man, right? And and I feel like that's his perfect... Yeah. But Arians had Tom Brady that's, too, that right? That helps. So, look, I think, um, yeah, he was pretty shit without, without a good quarterback, let's be honest. So, um, uh, look, I think... Different coaching or different coach maybe gets it done for the Bucks. I don't know, but like I think they're they they're well within their right to think that they should head into the f- next season as NFC South favourites, despite that talent on for the sure. Saints roster. Um, we know they've got to get got to get it together first. So there's no reason why the the Bucks can't be in you know another uh, another division title this next year. So that's where they've got to be at minimum, I think, and um, you know hopefully in grow because I mean Rashad White is is going to get better, I think. Um, we know Mike Evans is still yep. going to have a, a thousand yard receiving year, despite how old or you know how how many injuries the guy has, and he's just going to get it. So, um, I think you need progression from Godwin or or the next kind of you know Trey Palmer looks like a really exciting um, young wide receiver. So, and Kate Otten obviously has a great chemistry with Baker. They they hooked up quite regularly in the end of half of this last year, and I think they've got a really solid defense. Um, there's a few aging guys and on the offensive line and things like that, but. Um, you know, all in all, the defense is pretty young and and um, in good in good nick to kind of repeat as NFC South champions again. Yeah, I mean, to his credit, like I know they they didn't they didn't do anything special. I don't think the Bucks, but they were super efficient in the last six or seven weeks of the season, both on offense and defense. And I know they weren't they weren't great on offense in this game against the Lions, but. Look at that Lions defense and and some of those guys, young guys that are in there just making play after play. And you know, Aiden Hutchinson, who's in his second year, Brian Branch, um, CJ Gardner Johnson, who came over from the Eagles in in that secondary, and they're just like they're just they're they're immense that mm. Lions defense. And it's it feels so weird to say that because this is the <laughs> Lions we're talking about, and I don't believe I've ever said anything like that in my life watching the NFL. But like that's. They're a really good defense, and and I thought the the Bucks equipped themselves well. I don't think they were amazing, but I thought they equipped themselves well for the the stage for the game, like they have for the last kind of two months. But yeah, it's really interesting times, I think, and and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that franchise over the next you know twelve to twenty four months, um, because it could go it could go anyway. They they could regress big time next season or they could take another step forward and, and really compete for a, a championship appearance for for a Super Bowl again. It's just I I just really don't know where that franchise goes from here. It's 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 really interesting. Um the game that you didn't want to talk about and we probably already talked about it enough, haven't we? Uh, I'm not sure we have. I'm not <laughs> sure we have. I, I'm just I'm really intrigued to get your perspective as as a Bills fan because it was it was really close, and I, I actually thought for the most part the Bills were just about the better team. I mean, they were equal, if not if not uh. just about the better team. But but when it counted in those moments when it counted, you kind of had this feeling that the Chiefs just know how to get it done, and and they do, and they did, and that was that was the difference. I I, th- I certainly think the difference was the the defense in the end, and obviously the Kansas City defense held up incredibly well, um, considering the time of possession, the amount of um, you know yards that 
the Bills were able to put on. But let me just let me just jump in there because I want to ask you: Was the difference the Chiefs' defense, or was it the Bills' offense, offense. not getting it done? Uh, oh, I think it was in the last drive. I think the Bills marched their way down the field pretty comfortably, and and it really was on. I don't want to say Josh Allen because I think he just made the wrong decision in that on that second down play. He should have checked it down to Diggs and. Mm-hmm. And we, we take five yards, six yards, whatever it is. He might have even broken a tackle and got a first down. Who knows? Um, Chris Jones is, you know, just forced to, to smash Dawkins into Allen, obviously. He's a superstar, into, Chris Jones. Oh, he's a freak. And and look, that obviously made the made Josh miss that throw because he did have he did have um Shakir there to throw into the end zone. But I yep. think in that moment, with how the drive was going, it was clearly an <clears throat> a tactic to run the run the run the time off the clock, which I agreed with. Don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Um, we saw what happened last time, but um, with that wind as well swirling around, we needed to get Bass a little bit closer. And I think to control the ball, get closer to a first down. The way Josh was running it, and even I know Cook had negative yards in that that last quarter, but you know the way Josh, if it's a short and if it's a third and short. You've got two downs to get the, the first down, and I'm, I'm backing Josh Allen to get it. So mm. uh, I think you needed to check the ball down. That was clearly a, a mistake from my end, but um, the defense just couldn't stop the Chiefs, who have been pretty poor on offense, let's be honest, all season. Yeah. But um, yeah. they were so efficient in this game. Pacheco was huge. Obviously, um, Travis Kelsey decided to show up, which is which is great for him, and you know he's obviously an absolute superstar, but... He'd been missing for a while. Valdez Scantling caught his first two passes of the season, I think. I can't believe he actually caught some <laughs> some pretty good balls. Um, the way he was dropping him all season and then to do that yeah. uh, was pretty disappointing. But it's funny because the Bills build you up and, you know, I, I kind of gave up on them and didn't think they'd be in the playoffs after that um, that that form mid-season. But they, they turned things around. They became in the hot team and, and looked potentially a challenger for the Baltimore Ravens. But... Um, yeah, disappointing way to finish again, as as I mentioned. And um, all credit to Kansas City and the Chiefs, though they they got it done. And six consecutive championship games is is no mean feat. It's unbelievable. Um, best record since since Brady with eight, obviously. And um, betters the the Raiders from the seventies that that made five consecutive championship games. So it's a phenomenal effort by the Chiefs. Um, this will be their first championship game that's on the road, funnily enough. And, um, yeah, a, a, an unbelievable franchise um, with Kansas City. And, and um, for Buffalo, though, where do they go? And, and to be honest, I, mm. I kind of thought, and my initial thoughts were that that would be the last game we see Stefan Diggs play for the Bills, but um, it might be the other way around. I mean, the GM sticking with him. thinks he's, he's obviously um, clearly a number one wide receiver, and if not, one of the best in the league and you know he definitely didn't show that at, towards the end of the season and I think it's just because he does look a little bit disinterested a bit um, but who knows who knows uh, it sounds like the band will stay together but uh, I, I certainly think there could be a, a parting somewhere we need to dump a lot of salary cap space we need to we need to clear the books a little bit there's a lot of um, money owing to some certain players but mm. I think the the key thing is to stay healthy and, and stay healthy on defense because I clearly think that's the um, that's what let us down in the end. Is there? I mean, it does. You're right. It does. It does sound like and feel like they're going to run it back one more time. Yeah. You know, this this franchise, this team, has kind of been together for a while now, 
and they've kind of they've been so close and they've been nearly nearly every year for about four years now um uh, do you feel like something has to change or can they like is, is there a way that they can just take that next step like if you had to change if if you had to change one thing is it Sean McDermott is it Josh Allen is it front office is like you already they already made the change with the offensive coordinator with um Joe Brady um like where what would what would you do if you could make one move what are you doing see I, th- I think Sean McDermott's been a great coach but I don't know has has he run his course yeah. I don't know I mean obviously we can't get over that hump um so you have to ask the question I think obviously the quarterback is is completely the last thing you'd you'd want to question and that there's no issue there um again i think the defense has been just battered and bruised they just can't stay healthy which is which has made it really tough but they still you know they made some moves obviously in that in the in the mid-season trade period to to try to do that um to help stiffen that up mm. and russell douglas was a really good signing but yeah, it ultimately wasn't enough there and, and then again with with the offense i think you know we just needed more out of Stefan Diggs and, and more out of the wide receiver core. I mean, Shakir kind of came on, but, you know, Gabe Davis obviously didn't play in the playoffs. Um, he was supposed to be our guy, our second guy, and, and he's completely fallen off. And, and I know he's, he's such an enigma because he can put up 100 yards or he can put up zero. And um, But Stefan Diggs went the last seven games of the season uh, without a touchdown. First time he's ever done that in his career, that to go that long without a touchdown. Um, hadn't had a hundred yards since week six, and has averaged forty-one yards over the last seven or eight games. So he he's been poor, and and really that's been the difference that Josh Allen hasn't had a guy to throw to as like his number one, which he's which he's relied on so heavily. But excitingly, we've got James Cook, who's he obviously keeps getting better. The more I know, we didn't have a great second half, especially in in this game. But Dalton Kincaid is going to be a star, and. Um, yeah, hopefully we can kind of build around that. And Ty Johnson looked like a decent signing, you know, late in the season as well. So we'll see what happens, but still kind of unsure where we go to from here and very interested to see how it, it plays. Feels really, it feels really harsh to be talking about Sean McDermott in that in that light because he's been a top five coach in the NFL for the last five years, I reckon. I mean, the guy's just, he's a really, he's a really good coach. And I don't think it's a matter of whether he's a good coach or a bad coach. I think everyone knows he's a good coach. It's just... That question that you asked is like, has he run his has he run his 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 race in Buffalo? You know, straight after that game, you know, you and I were texting about uh, Mike Rabel, and you know, is that is that the play for Buffalo? You know, there's a guy that's available who's you know a defensive mind coach who can get the best out of his you know QB who's getting older um, and, and some you know, star pieces on on offense. Um, you know, I think someone like him would be would be really really good in buffalo yeah i'd love rabel i think i mean again another defensive guy but i don't know he just commands a different kind of i don't know energy from mcdermott i, I really like mike rabel as a yeah me too um so that would be someone that i would certainly um push for the bills or their gm to kind of go after but um we'll go get bb it's been a, it's been a long time um yeah. humiliating us why not? Yeah. Well, it, it does sound like for both of our teams that, that they are going to keep the band together at least for one more one more season. But um, let me ask you this. Would you trade Josh Allen 
for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I knew you were going to say that as soon as you. How'd asked you know? That. How'd you well, know? As soon as you said, I, I knew that was something. In a... <clears throat> um, no, I don't think I would. I think that's a good answer. I think that's. I think that's a, the right answer. It's. Um, I yeah, I might have said I might have said yes. I probably would have said yes to be honest at the start of the season. I was so high mm. on Jalen Hurts. And you know, he didn't give me a reason not to be um, for most of the season, but just the way it kind of fell apart for him, and mm. and I suppose Josh turned into Superman late in the season as well. So you know, the physical attributes of Josh Allen are just pretty hard to go past. But mm. yeah, Hurts, I could say is a bit more reliable with the ball, but that kind of you know didn't ring true towards the end of the season either. So yeah, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd keep Josh definitely over Jalen at this stage. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, really interesting one because I think. Josh Allen's kind of the perfect QB to fit in this Eagles offense. Jalen Hurts could fit the way that Sean McDermott wants to play an offense, but I... <laughs> that's a that's a blockbuster trade if I've ever heard one. It would be, it would be, but no, I think you're right. I think you, I think you keep, I think you keep Josh Allen at this stage anyway. But um, the Chiefs it was a really interesting season for the Chiefs because we didn't see Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Pacheco. I don't think really not consistently took that next step that we expected to after the playoffs last season. Um, but, you know, as good teams do, they did enough during the regular season. And this is playoff Mahomes. This is playoff Kelsey. And the question mark wasn't whether they were going to turn up. It was how long it was going to take them to turn up. And, you know, they've got a habit of turning up against the Bills and they've got a habit of turning up in the postseason. Um, and they did it again. We could be having a very different conversation about the Chiefs if they didn't play in such a weak division. And you certainly wouldn't have said that at the start of this season, or definitely not last season. It was the most hype division of all time last year when you're coming into Derek Carr and Russell Wilson coming into new teams, Justin Herbert, it's going to be the heir apparent and all these things. But that AFC West was pretty atrocious this year when you look at it. I know the Broncos and Raiders improved, but the the, the dumpster fight that was the Chargers and... Um, there wasn't much for the Chiefs to beat. And, and, you know, they've owned the AFC for so long. They kind of, I probably, you know, got wins where they weren't supposed to. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. But the Chiefs did, like you said, they did enough. They did enough. And um, they showed up. They showed up this week in on the road. And, and look, they, they did what they needed to last week. Got the job done at home. Different kettle of fish away in Buffalo. Um, 15 minutes less with the football than the Buffalo Bills, but they got it done. And, and I think that defense has been as good as it's been under with Patrick Mahomes. Um, his offense has probably been as poor as it has been, but uh, for them to have any chance against Baltimore this week, Travis Kelsey needs to, to play like he did, um, catch a few more balls, even more than he did this week, and, and get into the end zone. So, look, the, uh, they've got a puncher's chance, as, as you know, you can't write. Patrick Mahomes off, and it's like the same. He he's the 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 LeBron James considering like you know you've got Tom Brady as the MJ, he's Patrick Mahomes the LeBron James. He's he's you know he's the guy that you know that is going to be having these discussions. So with later in his career, so he's he's got an unbelievable record, and yeah, he's a pretty hard guy to to bet against for sure, especially when it comes to to the postseason. Now, before we move on, I just want to ask you if you've heard the. Korean commentary of Tyler Bass's <laughs> missed field goal. It came up on my Twitter feed today, yes. Yep. You, got it to, you want to play it for me? 
I, I do want to play it for you, but I haven't got it. I should have had it ready for you, but um, I'll we drop might, it into might the drop edit. it into the edit. Hopefully, see. If, I think it's it's worth it. It is. It's incredible. It's incredible. And here it is. The coaching carousel. Now, we, we had some plans to talk about the coaching carousel, but there actually hasn't been as many moves as we thought there might have been um, when getting this together. So is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about? I think I think the main thing for me is that, yeah, as as we've mentioned, Mike Rabel's still available. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that seems like a, a potential, you know, again, there's no there's no coaching vacancy, I suppose, in Buffalo as yet. So um, hard to kind of comment on that. But he's a he's a top candidate. Um, I'd hate to see him lost to the NFL, uh, even if he does come back um, as a coordinator or something like that. I mean, um, speaking of coordinators, obviously your mob looking at Riverboat Ron to become the DC, um, which we both said before we came on air would would actually be a really nice, really good move for for both parties potentially. I, I love that move. Although, if you had to choose, if if no one takes Mike Rabel as their head coach, and he's willing to take a DC role, I'm taking Mike Rabel every day over over yeah, Mike yeah. But if I, you you have to assume that Mike Rabel is going to be an NFL coach next season, you have to um, somewhere, some Atlanta, Carolina. So, someone's got to take like the Chargers. How good could Vrabel be the Chargers? Um, I I would have one hundred percent taken him if if we sacked Nick Sirianni. One hundred percent would have been my number one choice to take that role. Would have been Mike Vrabel. But yeah, I'm look. I'm I'm wrapped with this talking to, to Ron Rivera. I think he's kind of the perfect guy to guide Sirianni and to guide this Eagles defense. There's there's going to be some changes in this franchise moving forward, but I still think there's tons of talent, there's tons of potential, and they can change some pieces and and whatever and still compete next year for a Super Bowl again. Um, which I, I think when you look at teams that have gone through what the Eagles went through in the second half of the season, you're normally the 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 standard response is to, to pull it apart and start again and start from scratch. But... I don't know. I don't know what it was that happened. Um, there were some mistakes made from the front office. I think Howie Rosen probably had his worst year in Philly, probably for for four or five years, um, as the GM and and some of those decisions made. But he's got credits in the bank that you know you you got to give him a chance to fix it. Um, I think Nick Sirianni. Yes, it was a, an awful coaching performance down the stretch, but the guy took us from four and 13 to a, a playoff spot and then to a Super Bowl appearance. I think again, yes, it's only been a couple of years, but he's got, he, he's got enough credits in the bank to at least start next season. And if it starts poorly, then, then you make a change. But I think, I think you got to stick with, stick with your guy. Yeah. It looks like GM Harry Roseman's given Sirianni or at least said that he'll be back next year, but you've, you've sacked um, mm-hmm. the other coordinator in, in Brian Johnson this time, the OC. So you've got rid of, Matt Patricia yep. was your defensive play caller. Both coordinators. It's a big clean out in the coaching room for the for the Eagles. And it is, it is, and it does sound like they're going for. I mean, both those guys were rookie coordinators, right? Mm. Yeah, that's and, right. And and they had big shoes to fill. They've got 
they, yeah, you know, coming from a Super Bowl team. To, well, to the, both the guys that were there last year are now head coaches in the NFL. That's right. So, you know, they, they're obviously, they were very highly thought of and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a big loss when you think about it um, to lose your two, essentially your two most important coaches obviously under the head coach. Well, well especially when when Sirianni doesn't call plays, right? Like, yeah. He, he's an offensive-minded coach. He's he's a, an attacking-minded, he wants to play he wants to play the right way, but he's not the guy calling the plays at the end of the day. Um, he's got one he's play, mate. Setter. He's got one play. <laughs> and he knows one play, and it's only on short yardage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it, that that play has been unbeatable, except for the one time when it actually mattered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but look, I, I think I, I still have faith that Nick Sirianni can turn it around. I still have faith that Jalen Hurts can turn it around. But I do think the coordinators were a big problem. Brian Johnson's really highly rated, both mm-hmm. in the franchise and and around the the NFL, and and it wouldn't surprise me to see him get another shot, whether it's at as an OC again, whether it's at, as that you know QB coach or, or running backs coach or, or whatever. Um, I think he'll he'll get a job straight away, and I think he still has the potential to be a really good offensive coordinator, potentially even be a, a, a head coach down the line. But clearly, still has work to do, um, and defensively is where the real problems mm-hmm. were, I think, for us. Um, and you know, so yeah, yeah, it does seem like they're looking at, at you know, veterans, former head coaches to come in and fill those coordinator roles. Ron Rivera on the defensive end. Frank Reich is clearly the favorite to come back in the offensive coordinator really? role. And if not, if not as OC, then, then as a consultant, as someone who can kind of lead, lead the offense, um, from a front office perspective anyway, um, and kind of make some of those behind the scenes calls, but it does look like they're looking at off at, at experienced guys, veteran guys who have been in the hot seat for a little while to take those, those really important roles um, and let Nick do what Nick does best, which is build a culture, build a team, you know, and, and really lead from the front um, and, and let guys who are really experienced do their jobs. Yeah. Well, spot on. I think that's um, a really good summary. And I think, it's exactly what the Eagles need. So we'll watch this space. And the other kind of one, the only other kind of move that has potentially got closer to happening is it sounds like the Titans are narrowing in on the Bengals OC, Brian Callahan, um, who, who's obviously worked with Joe Burrow um, very recently, of course. And, and um, Zach Taylor's kind of given him his, his blessing to go and, and, and has spoke so highly of him. But he's also kind of had experience working with um, Matthew Stafford in Detroit, Derek Carr in o- um, Oakland when it was was obviously the Oakland Raiders. So um, a great a great resume to come in and, and potentially build up a young rookie quarterback, well, a, a rookie going into his second season in Will Levis. So mm. I, I see that as a really positive move for the Titans and um, it sounds like they've kind of, yeah, that'll be the, the next hire off the next kind of hire. And um, I suppose since since we last spoke last week was um, Antonio. What we what we expected was that Antonio Pierce would be named head coach of the Raiders, and he he was um, a couple of days after we we recorded. So fantastic news for him, and um, what a kind of rise to you know rise to fame, or you know that that huge. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, he he obviously won the locker room and won the players, and and sounds like he's obviously won the fans over already as well. So. Yeah, I think it's a good move for the Raiders um, to have that kind of hopefully some stability finally in that in that franchise as well. What do you make of the 
Atlanta Falcons bring in Bill Belichick for a second interview. Uh, second interview, yes. Uh, it's it's b- such a bizarre fit. It's I don't so strange. understand. I still don't understand it. We spoke about this last week. It's just it's just odd. It's just odd. Something doesn't sit right. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, he's just, obviously interviewed it in LA as well for the Chargers role again. I can see that more, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I certainly can't see him in Atlanta, but you know the way things are going, it, it sounds like that's the the favorite way at this oh. stage. <clears throat> Does, it, it's it's so weird for a number of reasons. But do you really need a second interview with Bill Belichick? <laughs> well, you need to. Apparently, you need to tweet about it as well, kind of, <laughs> and um, really shout it from the rooftops. But yeah, look, they're probably pretty excited that he's gone to their facility twice. That's right. Yeah, he's turned up again. He actually, he, he actually came back. Uh, yeah, interesting times. Um, quickly, playoff rankings. I mean, there's four teams left. I think it's probably pretty obvious uh, what the order of of these four is, but. Um, the Ravens and Niners clearly, clearly number one and two, and then the next two could probably go either way. But um, th- you've you've put the Lions and the Chiefs in in three and four. Um, any thoughts on those? I just had the Lions ahead because I think I give I give them a more of a chance to win this week. Simple as that. Detroit did beat Kansas City in the opening game of the season, but look, I think the Lions deserve to be just ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs in any rankings that we've got at the moment, just because of the. Um, They've, yeah, like I said, they've got more chance to win this week than, than the Chiefs. I think they've done it all year as well, right? Like the Lions have done it all year, just about. So, yeah, 100%. I, I agree with those. Looking ahead just quickly at the championship title games, um, obviously starting 7 o'clock Monday morning, the Chiefs in Baltimore. Tipping the Ravens? I am tipping the Ravens. I, I think they they win and, and win pretty well. I, I really... How well? What's the line? I think they'll cover. It's three and a half. Yeah, they'll cover that. Um, it's interesting because I was. I was it's oh, well, it's flat three. It's, I can see a flat three here. Three. I've got three and a half. So I can get if... flat three here. So I, I mean, I, I think I'd definitely take the flat three. And there's, and then there you go minus four. So yeah, it's all over the place. It depends where yeah. you shop around. But I think if um, you can get if you can get three and a half <clears> or four, I'm I'm probably taking the Chiefs at the plus. Yeah, look, four four and a half. Yeah, maybe. But no, I, I think the Ravens will win and. Um, it'll be of close. I don't. Th- I don't see the Chip Ravens blowing them out, but I'm pretty confident the Ravens will be in the Super Bowl, and um, they they look to be slightly better across across the field at the moment than the Chiefs. So, yep. oh, I think that's fair. I, I've got I've got the Ravens winning too, but I think it might be closer than than that only because the Chiefs. D has been so good. You don't like? Year. Oh, I was going to say you don't like back of the Chiefs at the minus. Not, not. I was just going to say the line, but you might have to have a, a little sneaky wager. Maybe not a bottle, but Chiefs. Something. Chiefs at the plus. <laughs> Chiefs at the plus is different to Chiefs at the minus. No, definitely. Reckon, no, definitely. Especially, especially in a championship game. Like, yeah, you know, we've said forever that betting against Patrick Mahomes, yeah, it's a bad and idea. Kelsey, Andy Reid, in, in in the playoffs is just it's really hard. I and probably for the first time, actually the second time. In recent history, because I did think the Bills were going to win last week, um, and I think the Ravens will win this week. But three and a half, four just feels it feels wrong. It feels yeah. Wrong. Well, we'll see what happens. The Chiefs got a couple of injury concerns potentially with um, 
their offensive lineman Joe Thurney and then Willie Gay, their linebacker. So um, the Ravens should have a clean bill of health. Marlon Humphrey didn't play. He's probably the only one that, that might come back into that, that Ravens team. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm pretty confident the Ravens will win that game. Again, the, the line's probably spot on, but I'm happy to play minus three for sure. You want to go head-to-head at three and a half? <laughs> for what? Well, flat three, <laughs> flat three, yeah. Oh, look, we, we've done the bottle, and I've already let's just do it for lunch. We'll, that. we'll do it for lunch. Let's, we'll do it for lunch. Let's, let's do a pint. Just a pint? No, we'll do lunch. Just a pint. All right, lunch it is. I'll take, uh, we'll so, do a minus three because um, hopefully it's a, it's a push and then we can oh, just both. Okay. <laughs> fair. All right, three's fair. Let's do it. I'm on the Chiefs plus three. You're on the Ravens minus three. Uh, the second game, 10.30 Monday <clears throat> morning, Detroit wanna, and San Francisco. I want to do it. The line is seven. The line is yeah, seven. Yeah, that's... See, I think if the Niners win, they probably win by a lot somehow. Feel like it's one of those games where it could just all go wrong for the Lions, and it's yeah, it could be a blowout. But I give the Lions a big chance. I give the Lions a big chance. So I know I'm sitting on the fence here. I have to tip the Niners again. It's in it's in the script, so um, I'd be silly yeah. to bet against that. But let's um, let's play the Lions plus and and hope they get in somehow. Yeah, I think I'm with your. I think it'd just be cool just to see them in a oh, Super Bowl. They've obviously never been in a Super Bowl. 100%. Not, not once have they ever been in a Super Bowl in the sixty odd years. Hundred percent. It would be it would be super cool. But I think I've got a you know, I think you I think you put it well at the start of that paragraph or sentence or whatever, that I think the Niners win. I think the Niners win well and, and I feel like this could be the week that it all kind of falls apart for the Lions and I said this is this is where they belong. They deserve to be here. But the Niners are good everywhere if not great everywhere, uh, they're at home. We know, and we've seen all through the playoffs, that teams from summer climates going into the, the snow and the cold is really tough and vice versa. Um, and, you know, the Lions coming in from a point where they've got to pay fans to shovel the field um, and fans sitting in snow uh Coming into into California and what do you mean shoveling snow? They're playing a dome. Oh, it was Buffalo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think I'm talking about <laughs> Buffalo, but the the point stands though. The the point stands. Yeah, it was very cold in Michigan. That's for sure. It was snowing, very cold. but yes. in that no, dome it was I'm, nice I'm, and toasty. Yeah, yeah. But no, um, the other the other blue team. In the cold, <laughs> the other, uh, the but yeah, completely agree with that statement though. In terms of like a, a an East Coast team going west, um, it, it's definitely challenging. It's definitely challenging at this time of year. It's and, a tough. It's a tough trip. It's a, they could be without two of their, their best offensive linemen. Again, their centre, Frank Ragnow, is, is questionable. Same with Jonah Jackson, who is really unlikely to play, which is a, a big loss for the Lions. Um, they had to fill that void with a, with a rookie um, guard last week. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then, obviously, Debo's the big watch for me. If, he, if he's out, I, really, I honestly will be on the Lions. I'm going to give him a shot. But like I said, it could... It could easily be a trouncing, so we'll see what happens. It could. <laughs> yeah. If not for the, the... So the Ravens' second half, we know how good they've been. The Niners have been there all year, except for a two-and-a-half-week period. Um, the Niners have been the best team probably for two years straight. If you look at the kind of the, the longevity of this franchise, they've, they're probably been the best team in the NFL over the last 24 months. It's a fair statement. Um, it's a fair statement. And they're still there. They're, they're still there. Like, they're there again or they're still there, whichever way you want to look at it. 
Um, this it it could be a trouncing. And so if you want to go head to head again. No, no, I don't. I don't. You're no, the, I don't. you're on the Lions look, plus. I'm, I'm, I'm the, just I'm happy the, the Lions minus. made it this far. I, I was pretty bullish about them at the start of the season, <laughs> so I'm, I'm proven right in that regard. So I'll just kind of hang my hat on that and, and hope the Lions can pull off an upset. Fair enough. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, we hang up this week? No, we'll be we'll be talking about um, a scripted Super Bowl probably next week or the week after. Obviously, we'll have a break, but we might go have a little bit of a, a recap of the season that was and and have a chat because we have missed a few episodes this year. So we'll see how it's going. But um, no, looking forward to it, mate. Hopefully, we get two ripping games and a big Monday morning back to back NFL football. Who are you? Who's your not who's your pick, but who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Lions. Yeah. And if it's not them, it's it's the Ravens, obviously. So, oh, look. Actually, I probably want the I probably want the winner of the NFC to, to win the to win the Super Bowl this year. Actually, that's who I'll be going for. Yeah. See, I think it, so. I'm I'm Detroit now, but I think if it wasn't Detroit, then it's got to be the Ravens, mm. and then the Chiefs, and then the Niners. So. Yeah, look, I kind of feel bad for the Niners. They've been obviously close no, a couple of times recently. No. And I like Brock, no. so no, a nice guy. Dude sucks. <laughs> anyway, that just about wraps it up. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. I don't have anyone to say go for because who I want yeah, and who I'm Lions. betting on. Yeah, but I'm, I'm betting the Niners, so. <laughs> go, go football. Go football. Go, go sports. Go. <laughs>